Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Mino Line Media presents the Olivia Fox Podcast. Welcome to the Olivia Fox Podcast. Oh, oh my goodness. We're back, y'all, for another season. Yes, yes, season two. We up in here. And it just so ironically begins during Black History Month. Yeah, they gave us the shortest month of the year, but it's all good. We're going to make it all about Black excellence here on the Olivia Fox podcast because you know that's how I get down. Now, first of all, I got to tell you this. Make sure you find me on social media, okay? Olivia Fox, the Olivia Fox show on Facebook for my folk who still do the FB. Instagram and threads. I'm at Olivia Fox Radio. TikTok, believe it or not, my old dusty ass is on TikTok. Olivia Fox Radio. And of course, you can find this podcast anywhere you find your favorite podcast. I'm going to need for you to not only watch it, but like it, subscribe, and then tell a friend to tell a friend that we up in here for season two. So let's get it going. Y'all know how I love to highlight my black women. And I believe as a black woman, we got to lift each other up. And so we're going to continue that thing on into season two here on the podcast. Joining us today, she is a veteran in the industry. Everybody who's anybody in the records and radio industry knows about this woman and her legacy. And I am so fortunate to have her to kick off my second season. Please welcome to the Olivia Fox podcast, Johnny Walker. Hello. Hey, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. How you Always doing? a pleasure. Always a pleasure. <laughs> I appreciate you being here on this Black History Month and also the kickoff of our second season. We have had some wonderful conversations. We're just going to continue that thing on as we continue here with you. Now, first and foremost, Please tell everybody a little bit about who you are. I've read a little bit about the beginning of your journey uh, working in radio. Just give us a little tidbit about who you are and what it is that you put down. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> well, I, I, you know, I'm, uh, say it this way, retired uh, music executive. But sometimes I'm, my daughter always tells me I'm the busiest retired person she knows. Uh, but uh, a record executive, Prior to that, I did have some time in radio. Uh, it all started in country music. I was a, a country music um, air personality for a while and then just wanted to play <laughs> Michael Jackson. And the funny thing is, is which I always love to share, uh, I would constantly go to my GM and ask him to let me play. I said, just one hour. Come on. It's not going to hurt anything. <laughs> he finally gave me that uh, time on his precious country radio station to let me play black music and it just blossomed it grew into a very popular show and that was kind of like the catalyst that uh, I, I evolved from there into Memphis and another thing that was a pivot in my career was being at the radio station it was KRNB in Memphis and I mean all of these meetings we would have they would always be like women females 18 to 34 female this female that 
And a guy says to me, women don't program. Well, I, no, I said to him, a woman should be programming this radio station because you're telling me about my buying behavior. You're telling me when I listen to the radio. Stop it. A woman should be doing this. <laughs> so I said, women don't program. I was like, what do you mean we don't program? And so he says, tell me a female program director that you know. And unfortunately, I didn't know one. So it, it kind of became that thing for me to program the radio station. And, I, and, I, and so I always tell people when they say, what is your story? I say, my story is standing up to no. <laughs> because there it I'm is. told no at the country radio station. I'm told no at the black radio station. It's always getting all of these no's. And so I just, a lot of times that word, my father uh, gave me something that I've used all my life. He always said, baby, when they tell you no, then maybe you just didn't give them enough for them to tell you yes. So if they tell you no, it's only two letters, flip it around. It's on. So go back and get them, baby. It's on. <laughs> so I always have to use no as it's on. And it just uh, has worked for me, you know, certainly worked for me at the country radio station that uh, what started out as being an hour <laughs> ended up being six hours. Uh, black radio station, the guy says women don't program. I programmed for two years there. And, uh, you know, just a lot of different things, even when I went into the record industry. Oh, you can't do this or you can't do that. Or girls don't do this or women don't do that. And, you know, well, if you go into the record industry, you got to go to the strip club. No, I don't. <laughs> Right. <laughs> That's what y'all do. That's not what I do. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that's really like I said, I can summarize it. I, I do tell people sometimes my career is everything uh, from Willie Nelson to Snoop Dogg. <laughs> you know, all of those different channels of watching the industry from country to R&B to hip hop and certainly being at the beginning of hip hop when, you know, when in the early days, I'll say. Uh, and just uh, what I do now, which is I uh, run my nonprofit organization. So uh, it's just been a, a, a journey. You know, I even uh, worked for the government for <laughs> about 10 years. And that was that was the good, good government but it job. Was, it, it was a part of the journey, you know, so all in what makes us who we are. Exactly. And you know what? I'm so glad that you um, shared the part about your beginnings and how for so many women, specifically black women, we have to fight and scrap and, and, and go back and forth and, you know, let folks know, you know, this is what it is. And I'm coming from my perspective, especially when you start talking about women executives, women decision makers, women working in radio broadcasting and records. You know, the whole idea is to target this key demo of women. We're supposedly, you know, holding the purse strings. We're making the decisions in the households. And I've always thought, well, if that's the point, then why aren't there more women in decision-making positions in radio and in records? I could go on and on about that, but we ain't going to do it because you found the way to break through the ceilings, so to speak. And, I, you know, I just think it's so interesting that you were able to bring black music, a black radio music show to a country station. That is just unheard of. And to be able to do that, sometimes it takes thinking outside the box, so to speak, to bring about original content and, and to, to really, you know, bring attention to what you're doing. And then people are like, oh, wait a minute now, wait a minute, she got black. You know, so sometimes we have to think outside the box 
And it's hard to convince people, but obviously you did it. And you went on and did your thing. Now, I really want to get into this um, organization that you started because as I was reading up on it, I was like, man, we need this. We need this. Now, I want to make sure I'm saying it right. NABFEM. Is it NABFEM? It stands for the National Association of Black Female Executives in Music and Entertainment. What was uh, the motivation behind starting this organization and how receptive have other women in the industry been? Well, you know what? We've been blessed. Very, very fortunate. Uh, I will say that when we started it, 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 it was started out of frustration, really. Uh, you know, like I just told you, I did the whole thing at the country station. I did the thing at the, at the R&B station. And here I am at this hip hop company. Uh, and I was, again, blessed because I've always been a creative person. I've always came with ideas. I've always did things differently, which uh, kind of like was providing me with my opportunity to climb the ladder. But what always bothered me was, you know, we didn't <laughs> we didn't have Facebook. We didn't have all of these uh, technical nuances that we have now. So you had to go to the conference. If you uh, were not at the conference and nobody knew who you were, you were just like over there. And so if you're at the conference, then you're doing two things. You're in the lobby, <laughs> you're at the event, or you're speaking and very rarely were we speaking. It was like, I don't even care what they talked about. It was always the same guys. Mad respect to my brothers uh, because listen, a lot of guys have been like uh, the, the gateway for a lot of the things that I've wanted to do. So it was never any disrespect to us uh, or from us, you know, towards our brothers. Uh, but the thing is, they were always on speaking. They were never talking or saying anything that impacted me or anything that had anything to do with me. I'm sitting behind this desk. I'm dealing with all these rappers. Right. <laughs> dealing with all this. You're not talking about anything that impacts me. And so I was always like, why don't they have more women speaking? Every once in a while, you might, Sylvia Rome might, if you could get her. Right. <laughs> Every once in a while, maybe Sharon Hayward, if you could get her. But I'm like, it's a bevy of women out here. Why don't, why aren't there more women speaking? And so I found out that I wasn't the only one frustrated. There were a lot of, I, I would just talk to different women. And so we just would talk and a lot of times we'd be on the phone or just, I'm like, I just, in my head, it's okay. We just need to do something so that it creates an opportunity for us so that we have a voice, so that it, what we have to say, if I'm on the road on tour with somebody for 30 days, listen, <laughs> my life back at home is totally different from your life. You just call the little wife or the little girl or whoever, and they're taking care of everything. You got nothing to worry about. Me, my whole life is traveling on the road with me. So right. I, it's just a lot of different things that we that impacted us as women trying to navigate in this really male-dominated world and trying to find our place. And so we created the organization to give women a voice, not so much to air frustrations, but to air whatever it is that you're dealing with. Because I always felt that whatever your issue is, there's another woman over there that's dealing with that same thing. Or a woman has conquered that. And because you don't know who she is, you don't know how she solved that problem. So if we come together, we're stronger together. We, when we connect and come together, then we help each other. So right. that was my whole purpose and, you know, just getting some sisters 
to, to uh, join in with me. Uh, you know, a lot of people told me I was crazy. <laughs> it was like, girl. I bet. It's like it was a lot of uh, challenges because people kept saying that it would not work. Uh, there was no place for it. And just a lot of, you know, again, like I told you, I've stood up against no all my life. So for everybody that said no, I was like, okay, it doesn't matter. Listen, we're going to do it if it's just me. And uh, But I had some a good group of sisters that stood by me and uh, – Hey, when we introduced it at the Urban Network, uh, that was in 2000, uh, it was it was amazing because <laughs> nobody believed we were going to do it. <laughs> but it was amazing. It was amazing. And uh, it's, uh, I don't know, it's, you know, we've had our challenges, you know, obviously we went through a, a, a tough period when the stock market crashed. A lot of the sponsors that we had <laughs> disappeared, uh, even just now, recently, covid um, has you know presented us with a huge challenge. Uh, a lot of the things that uh, you know that kept our wheels turning, uh, those wheels stopped. <laughs> so it's been a lot, but I believe in the mission, which is um, you know we raise the profile, increase the awareness of Black women, and that I tell I have to deal with this all the time because corporations or people will say, well, you should be minority women, you should be this woman. I should be who I am. I'm, I'm Black. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Before anything else. We're black. (laughs) So it's raising the profile and increasing the awareness of us. It's creating that visibility so that we are inspired, so that we are motivated, so that we're educated. We don't have to guess about it. We can learn from others. It's like I I tell sisters all the time, what we want to do is pull the curtain back on all of those experiences and share them with you. I know my old way may not be your new way, but why don't we put the ways together? And I think that I can learn from you and you can learn from me. You know, I, I was laughing a moment ago when you said you gave your TikTok address. Girl, uh, I went on TikTok. That's another, that's another session. Right. But, all of these things, you know, we, that's what we do. And, and that's the way that we communicate now. And so I love it when we, I speak at schools all the time. I love it uh, when I'm talking to young people. I mean, it, we, we laugh at each other. It's funny because, you know, I told them, listen, we could work a record across the United States of America and across and across the border, and we didn't have uh, Spotify. Right. <laughs> we didn't have Twitter, and we didn't have Tidal and YouTube and all of that. And we built we built careers, we built foundation for music, we built those artists, and and we, I said, I can name our project, y'all still dancing to this is how we do it, okay? Right. <laughs> that was in, what was that, like 95? Yes. And so, you guys, would if that song comes on, y'all get up and start dancing. I can play a song that came out three weeks ago, and you'd be like, who is that? Now, who is You're that? Like, no, what are they saying? Because I right. can't understand a damn thing they're saying. And I got a, a, a Gen Zer. I'm like, what? Who? What? Is that a song? What? Don't get me started. Anyway. It's, it's I, you know, I, I, I try to be that person that um, wants to understand and learn from them. But when I say them, I'm talking about young people. <laughs> Sometimes it's just hilarious to me. <laughs> like, Isn't it? Wow. <laughs> It is. I think, you know, because, you know, we're older, certain things we don't get. I said, 
would rather put my son on a CD and sell it for a dollar <laughs> than break my back to get 3,000 spins to make a dollar. <laughs> right. And that's what people need to understand with this industry. At the end of the day, it's yeah. still a business. And you have to take care of that and make sure you're, as one of my favorite gospel um, stars would say, Dorothy Norwood, make sure you got a solid foundation. Mm -hmm. And so I think a lot of people miss that, especially the younger generation. Um, and I try to stay in touch and contact and find out what's going on and what's hot and what's not and, and what is important to them. Because, you know, at the end of the day, they are going to be the ones making decisions in the future. Right. Um, so I do think that the cross generations, you can learn a lot, but I also believe that they can learn a lot from us because like you said, we didn't have the resources that they have. And we really, really had to grind and hit the road literally to get these artists out here and these listening parties and these promo tours and all these types of things. Now, when you say you worked, um, cause I see here, you were former senior vice president of programming for, um, Island Def Jam, who were some of the artists that maybe you hit the road with that we would be familiar with? I ain't going to oh, wow. say we, because I know I would be familiar with maybe some <laughs> folks out there who are listening and be like, who? Well, who are some started, of those artists I, I, that you I'll work start with? I in your part of the country, uh, Drew Hill, uh, well, Montel Jordan, Kelly Price, Jay-Z, uh, DMX, Ja Rule. Uh, gosh, it, it was quite a few of them. Uh, some of them uh, had a uh, couple of incredible careers. Uh, some, uh, you know, uh, they did okay. I'll say it like that because, you know, we had some some uh, female artists, Foxy Brown. Uh, we had, uh, what was this guy, group called Total Look in the Style out of Dayton, Ohio. Didn't do so well, but yeah, they were okay. But the ones, like you said, that you know, golly, Redman, Method Man, Cisco. <laughs> Uh, it's just a plethora of uh, artists, you know, that did really well. And right. uh, we were fortunate enough to be a part of those projects on the ground floor. Uh, but, you know, even with the artists, see, the thing about that company at that time, um, it wasn't just the music. You know, we, Fat Farm Clothing, <laughs> all of the Fat Farm gear that you saw, or, you know, we were probably the first. I like to say that we were first because nobody was doing it before we were doing it. And we were the first with the two-way pagers. And yes. we were the ones that would put the two-way pagers with our artists in their videos. They were, what are they doing? What is that? Right. <laughs> so, you know, I just think that we were, you know, trailblazers in a lot of ways. You know, we did energy drinks. We did films. You know, it's like I was senior vice president. That didn't mean nothing. I'm, I may be on a film set. <laughs> I may be, you know, the nutty professor, the clumps, um, uh, what was the film Ja Rule and Steven Seagal did? Uh, gosh, I can't think of the name of it right now. I but, can't think, but I know which movie you're talking about. Yeah, that, that Rush Hour films. Uh, all of those uh, films and then the Deaf Comedy Jam. I mean, golly, it changed the complete face of black comedy. You know, it was like we had two or three. You got Red Fox, Eddie Murphy, who was on Saturday Night Live, I think. Uh, you just had like a handful of uh, comedians uh, that you knew and which completely changed the face of that. Uh, so the deaf comedy jam, the deaf poetry jam. So I think that, you know, I like to let people know that all the, the thing that made, I believe that made all those things successful, there was a core, like what you said just a moment ago, a foundation. 
The foundation was Def Jam, <laughs> the music. That was the foundation. But everything, all those other things were uh, uh, byproducts or they shot off from that, whether it was Fat Farm or the the Def Con energy drink or the 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 Def Jam Vendetta, the video game. <laughs> it was like all kind of stuff. So we never did one thing. You know, I, that may have been so like I said, I always said titles in me and things that company. They look good on your resume and they look good when someone says, what do you do? Oh, I'm the senior vice president or whatever. Right. Man, okay. <laughs> you was wherever you were needed to do whatever was the the plan or whatever and the plan was the plan was not a plan the plan was numerous because it was always something different it was always you know I can recall when I before I even went to New York when I was in Memphis and I could get a phone call and say hey we need you in uh, San Francisco and I would I've never been to San Francisco in my life what do you want me to do in San Francisco right you gotta go because uh, we got Onyx and um the Onyx and the boss and you got to go out there and travel with them. Up where? San Francisco. You got to take them to radio. You got to take them to retail. You got to. <laughs> right. Get and them listen, up in the morning. <laughs> no GPS. Let's tell everybody this. Just go. No GPS. Go. You got to stop by the 7-Eleven and get a map. <laughs> yes. Oh, girl, not the maps. Okay. You yeah. know what, though? Yeah. But it's, you know, this is all just so familiar and wonderful hearing it. <laughs> Because, you know, that that's the generation that we came up in. And to me, um, we just laid the foundation for a lot of things that yeah. are going on today. Like you see things and, and, you know, young people, especially like on TikTok, they think <laughs> when they hear something or see something that that's the first time, like, oh, my God, it's cutting edge. And it just makes me chuckle because I'll be like, honey, ain't nothing new. We was doing that thing. <laughs> 25, 30 years ago, okay, right, right. started it, okay, and you just now catching on, but we're going to go ahead and let you think that this, this this is something new and cutting edge, you know, so, but yeah, I, I just love to hear about it because, you know, especially when you start talking about movies back during that time, it, for me, I remember working in radio and getting the soundtrack, and the soundtrack was just as popular as the movie, because you had all these incredible artists on the soundtrack. Girl, I can go upstairs right now and pull CDs out from some of the hottest movies and be like, okay, the, 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 the total, you know, can't you see, I forget which I think it was one of the Crump movies, but that whole soundtrack was phenomenal. Mm -hmm. And so that's the kind of, kind of uh, entertainment and world that we came up under because it was, it seemed like everything was connected. It seems everything is so their own entity now. But back then, it just seemed like everything was connected. Film and and radio and concerts was all connected. With folks like you uh, making sure that it was what it needed to be. Thank you for that. Now um, I'm seeing here women who jam. Um, <laughs> the creative director of a national radio and music showcase series. What is that? And how can we check that out? Okay, Olivia, you know, we are who we are and we love what we love. Um, I love radio. I've had a wonderful uh, career in the recorded uh, music industry. And like I told you, I worked for the government for about 10 years. I was um, a music commissioner for the city of Memphis. Uh, you know, nice little job. Uh, but guess what? Our roots. I love radio. I still listen to <laughs> 
I spent this like this whole women who jam thing really quick. Uh, it was a friend of mine that had the internet radio station, and he would always call me up and say, "Hey, can you do so and so? Can you do?" I would help him out. Just and then I would say, "You're doing this wrong. You shouldn't do this." You shouldn't. He would say, "Well, damn it, why don't you do it?" And I don't have time to do it. I'm doing this and I'm doing that. I can't do a radio show. Well, then stop complaining. <laughs> <laughs> so. I don't know. We just I just ended up in his studio one day and he says, you really should do. I said, well, you know, if I did it, I would want to do something that highlights women. I don't want to do the same thing that everybody else is doing. And I said, and I don't want to play the same songs that everybody else is playing. Everybody plays the same 10 songs. Okay. Yes. If I hear the same, if I hear, at that time, I was like, if I hear Lemonade one more time. One more damn song? time. What that song? Booted <laughs> up? Booted up? I mean, <laughs> Like ain't no more other music out there. This is it. Like, somebody got to be making some more music, man. And so I just went on this thing to find songs and talk to women that were making music, but of course it wasn't getting played. And I said, "Well, listen, we'll play it. We'll play it." And so we started getting music, and I was on his little radio thing. And then he said, "Well, do your own show, and you don't have to be on my show. Do your own show." So I started doing my own show. I was like, well, what the hell am I going to call it? Uh, we was like rhythms. And so we were trying to come up with a name. And I was like, no, we're going to call it what it is. Women who jam. jam. That's what it is. I love These it. women are jamming. I don't care. It's Like I said, it's multicultural, multi-genre. If they jamming, if they bring in the heat, we want to play their music. And so that's how it started. And it was that guy in his little studio, me and him, and people started hearing it. And they would say, well, hey, how do I get the show? And I said, oh, we'll send it to you. So that's what we do. So we're up to 28 stations. He told me the other day, he said, okay, now look, you're going to have to slow down. I said, okay, wait, when we get to 30 stations, we're going to change our plan. We'll change our plan when we get to 30. But, you know, I love it. I do. It's a uh, Yes, we'll play, uh, 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 I'll use Beyonce as an example. Well, of course, we'll play Beyonce, but we play Beyonce to get your attention so you can hear our other artists because we have a plethora of artists whose music that we play and then we go out on the road with them. We do shows. Mm, right. <laughs> so the, the live show is Women Who Jam too. So it's Women Who Jam. It's a live experience. It's an on-air experience. Uh, we do terrestrial and internet radio, and it's a one-hour show, and uh, we'll send it out to anybody that wants to air it. Uh, we love it if you put us on in the daytime, but if you put us on at 3 o'clock in the morning, we'll take that too. <laughs> right. Just put us on. That's what it is. And so if somebody's listening right now and they want to check it out, how, would they reach out to you online, or how, is well, there a particular station in certain cities? <laughs> Well, here's the deal. If you just want to hear it right now, see what it sounds like, you can go to our website, womenwhojam.com, and you'll see in the menu there, click radio. When you click radio, there's a show. I update it every other week or something like that. I'll put a different show there so you can hear the show. But if you want to stay current, uh, also that, that is there, you'll see radio schedule. Because I, I have a little slogan that says we're on the air somewhere every day of the week. Because we are. Uh, the radio stations that we send the show out to, all of them have their various times that they air the show. Uh, this is Tuesday. Yes, we're on tonight. Matter of fact, we're on right now. <laughs> <laughs> we're on 
Allen uh, at WNAA, uh, uh, North Carolina State A&T University, WNAA 90.1. We're on right now uh, on that station. So it's uh, various um, uh, entities or outlets that uh, we come on at uh, different times. And so you can just look at that schedule, find a convenient time, and check us out. Uh, tomorrow is uh, Wednesday. We come on at uh, 11 o'clock in the morning a- uh, in Detroit. Uh, then at seven o'clock tomorrow uh, evening, Eastern time will be on in Philadelphia. And we have a station in Houston, Texas, that's seven o'clock Eastern time. So that, that, that gives me a little bit of Eastern, <laughs> Eastern Crossing time. Crossing the board. Yes. <laughs> because, um, you know, like uh, on Mondays, we you, you remember um, Jay King from Club Nouveau. Well, yes. He has a, a, a internet outlet out in Sacramento. And he runs us on uh, Mondays. And we always go Motivational Monday with Jay King. Uh, we come on at 4 o'clock out there, but that's 7 o'clock Eastern time. And I always tell him, I'm like, man, these time zones driving me crazy. But I love it. <laughs> I do. And you really have to love it. I yeah. mean, you know, radio is... Uh, the biggest mosquito I've ever been bit by. You know, you get bit, you just keep itching, and you just you just always want it. You always yeah. have it. It's 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 just always with you. Anybody that I've ever talked to that has worked on air, it's the same thing. Even though technology has changed and people are doing different things, you know, there there is nothing uh, like terrestrial radio. I don't know about terrestrial radio. It's going on right now, but I know back during. Our time, <laughs> it was a little bit different. You know, terrestrial radio's kind of gone kind of corporate, kind of corporate. So you got folks that, you know, how can I put this in a politically correct way? You've got folks making decisions about the way the music and, and station is going that aren't really of the community that it serves. Right. Did I say that correct? You know what I'm talking about. So, that was pretty um, politically correct. <laughs> They ain't of the community, but they're making the decision. So uh, very interesting. But, um, you know, there's always new and interesting ways of doing things. And I'm loving this podcasting thing. So, you know, as long as we have a way to get the music and the message out there, to me, that's what's most important. I wanted to ask you, um, what are your thoughts about the industry now, the the record industry? You know, because artists... Now, it's not so much like when we used to go to the stores and buy the actual album. So you really had a way to to trace how many you know albums are being sold. To me, it was more realistic. Whereas now you've got, well, I've got so many downloads or I've got so many you know plays on the Internet. And so what are your thoughts on the way technology has impacted the industry of music? Man. That's another session. We have to have another session on that. That I, you know, like I said a moment ago, I try to mix my old with their new and try to come up with a, some stew that might taste good. But I just see so much. It's almost like it's just corroded. <laughs> it's like, where is it? You know, it's like, okay, so you got your downloads or you got your streams, but you're broke. You got, There's you that. Know, we know who you are on TikTok, but you, I, I just don't get it. I, 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 you know, sometimes when I'm talking to artists, I said, you know, I'm just gonna say it. It's just me. I said, but take a CD for example. I know you don't want a CD because that's old school. I said, but 
think about why don't look at the CD as an old school configuration. Look at the CD as a marketing tool because at least right. it's got your name on it. <laughs> right. At least it's got the name of your song on it. And stop this madness about it. People don't have CD players. Stop it. Every month they, they either got CD players on their computers. Some of the people that you at the club jamming with got stereo system at home. CD, listen, if CD players were, if they were extinct, then there would be no CDs in Walmart, Target, Barnes and Noble. There you go. <laughs> there wouldn't be. But they know there's an audience that still wants to hold the physical product in their hands. It's just that the labels have found a way to really profit and benefit from the streams because the artist doesn't. Like I said, what is it? Spotify pays like, what, three, three hundredths of a penny or something? Right. You've got to get like 3,000 spins. <laughs> Not to make spins, three dollars. Streams. <laughs> uh, uh, to make a dollar or something right. like that. And I'm like, you could take one song and put it on a CD and do your little show and, and sell it for a dollar. Oh, I ain't gonna make no money. Listen, if you come in the club with a hundred CDs, sell it for a dollar. Some people buy for you to shut up. Some people yep. buy just <laughs> leave me alone. Here's a dollar, and you walk out with a hundred dollars. Right. You're you're waiting on a dollar to get three thousand streams, and some of you put songs up, be up six months, and have five hundred streams. So six months of your time and energy wasted. You spent thirty thousand dollars on. Um, uh, uh, studio time, uh, whatever else that you did with that song, <laughs> whoever you sample from and paid for the right to use it and all of that stuff, you spent $20,000 to make $20. <laughs> what, what Taraji P. Henson said, the math ain't mathin'. mathing. <laughs> the math ain't math. The math ain't mathing, man. So, but you know what? I I think, you know, because we live in such a fame obsessed, you know, uh society and the culture is the whole motive is to become famous. Yeah. You know, oh, I'm on TikTok or you know, they they you know, I've got this many but like you said, there's fame, but where the where the loot? Where the money at? And so what would it hurt? I think that would be a huge business once again to circle back and have artists with the seat. Cause you know, cause you, what, what, what do you have to lose? Mm -hmm. You know, you've got something where people can hold and there are still people that, you know, Gen Zers who have parents that are Gen Xers and millennials who still remember the CD. There's still a way to make money off of that. And if nothing else promote market. But I, again, I think because we're so obsessed with being famous, yeah. People aren't thinking about business. They aren't thinking about marketing. No, I don't think longevity or that being memorable or anything like that maybe goes into the 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 plan, so to speak. I don't know. Uh, D Train, we you know just got a lot of guys that I talk to all the time, and uh, D Train said it best. You know, keep on. You remember D Train? Yes, D -train girl. Said Johnny, I can't autograph a stream. <laughs> He says, I, I, I cannot autograph a stream. So I still got, you know, so I'm still going to have something so that my fans can take a piece of me home with them. They're, I'm, it's going to be something that they remember. 
And, you know, and I think that, like you just said, many of the artists, they just want to be famous. They want to be yep. on the BET Awards, even if they got to pay for it themselves. <laughs> Which they do. Yeah. Most of <laughs> them just, do. It's like they just, they just hey, want to be famous. They want to be famous. That's it. They want to be famous. They want to be famous. That's it. And That's all it's about. I, I was telling the young lady the other day, I said, you know what? If everything that you're doing, because it was really because she sent me a song and I listened to it and it was filled so full of <laughs> explicit language. I said, uh, listen, let me ask you a question. Who do you think is going to sing this <laughs> other than you? She's like, but, you know, that's what everybody's doing now. That's what's popular now. I said, okay. I said, but if that's what's so popular, do you watch... Um, America's Got Talent, American Idol, uh, any of those show type shows. She like, yeah. What are they, have you ever seen any of? What are they sing? They on there singing, ain't no way. <laughs> they on there singing. They are singing all the old songs. Now I do understand the whole publishing side of it and the royalty rights. I got that. I said, but my point to you is, in order to 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 get the audience to gravitate towards them to like them, to even accept them as having in, an ounce of talent. You know, when they're trying to sing Whitney Houston, I will always love you. <laughs> Basically. So, don't you, don't, doesn't that carry something? Doesn't that have some weight? But it's like you just said, they want fame and they want it now. They don't want to build it. They don't nope. want to do the necessary work. They want to take an elevator to success. <laughs> they don't want to take the steps. They're like, oh, it's too much work. Let too me much work. Elevator, press success, and I'll be on Jimmy Fallon tonight. <laughs> right. But here go the thing now. A lot of them, you know, want that quick success, but what they don't understand is there are certain things that you got to do to get there quickly. And I think people are starting to talk about that more and see that more that there are certain things that you are have to be willing to do to get to that point, to get to that level. Right. And, you know, if you want to get to that mega level, there's even more things that you have to do, more things that you have to compromise and give up. And, you know, folks, folks don't understand because fame is not everything, you know, people make it out to be. It's a double-edged sword. You can't pick and choose when you want to be famous. Mm -hmm. That's another thing. You cannot say, okay, I'm going to be famous here on one day and then pull a Kanye and be trying to fight and hit photographers because you want your privacy. You can't pick and choose when you want to be famous. You want to be famous? This is 247-365. You can't be, well, it's the holidays and I'm with my... No, people don't care nothing about that. That's right. That's fame. So have you ever thought about writing a book, Johnny? Uh, actually, uh, I usually say that. I'm in the process of doing that right now. I just don't talk about it uh, because I it's just, I'm taking my time with it. Uh, and, I, and it's like I told my uh, writer, I look, let me tell you something. Everybody putting these books out talking about their time on the road with a celebrity. I definitely have been out with celebrities, but that's not what my book is about. <laughs> right. I have... I, I can share some of those uh, type of stories, but my journey is really sharing my resistance to no. Uh, mm. My journey is about all the times that I've been told no, and I've gone past that. 
uh, all the things that people said I couldn't do, I've done. And that is what my story is about. And the other reason why I actually finally started it, my grandson, we were always talking. I, I mean, you know, if you go by Facebook page, you see that's, I got him, that's my heart. He, um, I'm always sharing stories with him. I'm always telling him stuff. And listen, I did, we did this. And he says, oh, gee, my, you have really great stories. You should write a book. And I said, nah, I nobody want to read a book or nothing. He said, no, I'm telling you, it's the stories. It's the stories. It's the stories. So I have to listen to young people. And he's, uh, he always says, it's the stories. You've got great stories. And because I make him laugh, you know, and I'm telling him stuff that we did. Uh, really funny when one time we were clear, clearing out the garage. And so he was helping me. And so there was an eight track tape there. And so he says, what is this? I said, that's an eight track tape. It's got music. Don't you see the songs on there? So he picked it up. He says, well, where's the jack? How do you listen to it? How do you play? <laughs> <laughs> I said, he ain't no bless his heart. Let me talk to you. <laughs> see, it go like this. It go, gotta and have go an eight here. track player. And he says, well, you, you can only get, I think it had, probably had like about 10 songs on it. He says, you can only get 10 songs on there? I said, yeah. You know, it's got four tracks and I'm trying to explain it to him. He whips out his iPhone. I have millions of songs on here. I said, but can you listen to a million songs? <laughs> only listen one at a time. Don't listen Hello. one at a time. You can have all you want, but you know, the same thing with cars. You can have a million cars, but you can only drive one only at a drive time. One at a time. <laughs> How many do you really need? It's excess. They love everything. You know, yeah. Yeah, they just want everything. So I, your story needs to be told. And I will be so happy when that book comes out. I like that my resistance to know. Yeah. They're going to title for you, Johnny. There you go. There you go. It's, it's always been. When I see it, I'm going to be yeah. like, I told her that. I need my check. That's the Cut title of the book. Johnny. My resistance to know. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Well, you let me know when that book comes out because you definitely want to blow it up. I just want to say personally, thank you so much for all the things you have done for women, specifically black women, for being a trailblazer and for having the um, courage and the wherewithal to think I can do this and this is what I'm going to do. Um, we, we need that. And we need those stories to help the next generation so they understand especially now, because it seems like we're going back in time. I don't know what's going on, but it doesn't it? It just seems like we're going back in time that things we have fought for and worked for and, 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 and have died and marched and bled and sweat. And it just seems like all of that work, we're, we're going backwards. So we need yeah. to make sure that our history is shared because you know they're trying to, you know they trying to silence the history. Right. And so we need to tell them stories. We got to let folks know, you know, what it is and what it was and why the the things that we went through, how it has impacted today and will continue in the future. So I just hope that you will do that. And um, it has been a true honor talking to you and, and hearing about the things that you've been able to do with your life and your journey and continuing on with your legacy to hopefully impact the lives of other women in the industry. We need women like you. So thank you so much. It's a pleasure and certainly an honor and uh, whatever it is that we can do. I like to always say, if I share what I know so somebody else can grow, uh, then I've, I've done my job. I, I love it. Like I said, my grandkids, 
I'm always thinking about them. I watch them. They're that generation. They're the TikTok generation. And, uh, you know, I learn from them. I, I tell my grandson all the time, I say, it's reverse mentoring. He said, what is that? I said, I'm learning from you. <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you what I, I, but listen, TikTok. Now, what am I supposed to do with this? How come this video <laughs> will fit? Oh, <laughs> They'll tell you though, won't they? Oh, God. But once you get it, girl, you in there. <laughs> you are in there. So it's rocking it. and rolling, man. But yes, yeah, there it, are it, so it many great. of us on there. And I mean, they are doing it. They are doing it. How do we find you online? Look, how we find you on TikTok? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, you know what? I, I try to make it simple. I'm Miss Johnny Walker. I tell people all the time, so you got to gotta say Miss. Because if you just say Johnny Walker, you're going to get the liquor. So you get the liquor. Girl, that's what happened to me just today. <laughs> so it is Miss M-S, M-S, all together, Miss Johnny Walker. And uh, Instagram is the only one that I don't, but even if you put Miss Johnny Walker in at Instagram, I'm going to come up. Uh, but if you, uh, but on Instagram, I'm nabfemprez. Uh, then of course, I online, nabfem.org. And of course, womenwhojam.com. And I'm at those places. And probably I'm that generation <laughs> that's on Facebook more than I am on TikTok. And yes. Twitter and all the others. But I, I try to be as visible and available and accessible as I can because there are still those out there that do listen. There's still yes. some out there that want the information. Like you said, in some cases, it just feels like we're going backwards, but there are those that want to learn and there are those that we can impact and we can empower them. And so for those that will listen, those that want the knowledge, I love inspiring. I love motivating. I love sharing with them the journey so that they can take my journey and, you know, put it inside their journey and move forward. I love to uh, uh, tell kids, I said, listen, I was at Def Jam when Steve Jobs was trying to get them to let him have those songs for 99 cents. And they like, oh, get out of here, man. Nobody dealing with that. No, 99 cents. Nobody paying 99 cents. No, nobody paid him any attention. Right. Yeah. In a minute, he was making $6 million a day selling singles for 99 cents because That's the crazy. smart people in the industry threw the single away. It's like, oh, we don't want this. Thing. We're going to sell the album. We're not going to sell the single. This man over here selling songs that you don't, you're not thinking about anymore for 99 cents, mm. $6 million a day. <laughs> Good Lord. I'm like, so, you know, it's not so much of it being old school as it being a technique and it's mm -hmm. being a strategy and a methodology that you can use to do what you're doing your new way. So Exactly. Has anyone ever told you you sound like Tina Turner talking? Oh, girl, that's a compliment there. You do. You sound like her when she would speak, you know? Yeah. But it could be that Tennessee thing. Cause what it it may be the Tennessee, Tennessee. thing. It Maybe that's be. what it is. It Maybe that's be. what it is. Johnny Walker, thank you so, so much. What part of it? Flap, is it Flap? Nutbush. Nut, well, she's from Nutbush. She was from Nutbush. Nutbush. Yes. And that's yes. like at Brownsville. And it's uh, probably about 50, 60 miles from Memphis. Not that far. Really? Yeah. It might be. It might be a Memphis <laughs> thing. It might be a Tennessee thing. Who knows? May she rest in peace. May okay. She rest in peace. Yes. Johnny Walker, thank you so, so much for kicking off this season two and Black History Month. Yes. Uh, I appreciate you. And I wish you continued success in everything that you do. And uh, I'll be looking out for that book. 
Well, thank you, to. Olivia. Thank you so much. And I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. And then the minute that book is done, you know I'm going to call you. You got to. You got to. I'll be waiting. I'm be waiting. I'm going to be looking for you. Look, that's going to do it for this episode. I'm telling you, you guys, I, I'm just so excited that we're entering our second season. And during Black History Month, we got some great folks coming up on this podcast. So we encourage you to make sure you stay in contact, subscribe, like, and find me on social media. I'm all over the place, uh, even on TikTok. Dusty old ass on TikTok. <laughs> but I love it. <laughs> Look out for you, girl, and we will talk again soon. The Olivia Fox Podcast is produced and hosted by Olivia Fox. Executive producer, Ken Johnson. Get the Olivia Fox Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Please subscribe, comment, and rate. Follow Olivia Fox on IG at Olivia Fox Radio. Follow the Mean Old Line Media Podcast Network at Mean Old Line Media. Get the Mean Old Line Media app in the App Store or on Google Play. The Olivia Fox Podcast is a Mean Old Line Media production. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground. Cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.